2: We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous New York City, Fox News headquarters. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's never gotten prosecuted. Uh, But just one day after Donald Trump got indicted in the opening of the presidential Pandora's box, uh, Republican state level prosecutors Now looking into the Biden people. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. You better believe it. A lot of questions to be asked about the Bidens, uh, of course, and Hunter's overseas influence peddling schemes. We're going to get into it with, good gosh, Mike Baker, a CIA insider. We'll also be talking with Raymond DeRoyo, Diamond Dave Landau also going to weigh in on Nike's decision to have a transgender man be a spokesperson for women's yoga pants.
1: What the hell is the world coming
2: to? I do not know, uh, but we're going to try to figure it out on a real chippy Thursday episode of the show. 888 788 Nine nine one zero. The rules remain the same. It's been a busy week. I got to host Gutfeld last night. I was on with Sean Hannity. Today I'm flying out to the West Coast to tell some jokes. But there's only one rule on the show. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat, be a libertarian, Could be an independent. All we ask is that you don't be a (laughs) boom. Happy Thursday. And yes, as I mentioned, I'm heading out after the show today. I will be flying out to Bend, Oregon where I will be appearing. Uh, tomorrow night at the Tower Theater. The gig is sold out, but there is going to be a pretty raucous meet and greet afterwards, so if you're in the area, you want to come to the bar, let's go. Come on. Your radio buddy wants to meet you. The thing that makes this show happen is that I'm not the star. We are. It's a movement. It's a thing. It's cool, reasonable people. Yes, we care about the country. Yes, we take the issue seriously, but no, we don't take ourselves seriously at all. The world is on fire. We're the ones roasting the radio marshmallows, keeping the mood light so this country can kind of, sort of, hold together. That's the mission statement here.
3: Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
4: Can you dig it?
2: (laughs) There it is. There it is. And Saturday night, I will be in Boise, Idaho, at the Egyptian Theater. And uh, Mike Baker, who's a guest on today's show, lives in Boise, and he's coming on to give me some advance intel on what I've gotten myself into by booking a 1,000-seat theater in the middle of Boise on a rowdy Saturday night. But the point is, if you're in that area, uh, Boise, Bend, whatever it happens to be, come hang out, man. It's going to have a great time. It's going to be a banger. Like The one thing I love about our shows on the road, and I say this to you guys all the time, is we get together and it feels like we know each other because there's not a different version of me. Like, you don't hear me on the radio, see me on TV, and then run into me at the meet-and-greet and like, wow, uh different or sounds different. it talks. There's a different vibe. You can't, like, you, you know, you can't, like, you can't perform what I am. Like, what I am is a mess, okay? I went to community college, spent most of my adult life driving a taxi and betting way too much money at the bar. Fat,
1: drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life,
2: so Not true. Fat, drunk, and stupid has... Put me at the forefront of the fastest growing radio show in the world. I, I, I do not denounce those tactics. It's worked very well. Uh, you just got to be cool about it. But the point is I love when we get together because it's not a normal meet and greet. Like if you go see a star, like a really famous person, you're like, oh, my God, you know, but you see me and you're just like, oh, it's Jimmy Fallon. Hey, man, you got change of a 20? Just like we know each other. So it's a cool thing for me to part, be a part of. I feel like, like I'm connecting with old friends, not new friends. And it's weird. But if you're in the area, come be a part of it. It's really a lot of fun. Uh, the one thing you can console yourself with if you don't get to be a part of it is we're about to have some fantastic—I don't think it's good for the country— but we're about to have some fantastic entertainment options uh, this summer and this fall. Because just a day after they went out and indicted Trump, something we've never done in the 246-year history of the country, state-level prosecutors now contacting James Comer— the House Oversight Committee, and they want answers to serious questions about the president. Are you the big man, Joe? They certainly want to know. OK, and they absolutely positively think that if we're going to look into a one hundred and thirty thousand dollar payment to hush a porn star in the run up to an election and the justification for doing so as well, you know, President Trump, he withheld information from the voters. He didn't let them know he was shacking up with a porn star. Come on, man. You can't withhold information, you know, unless you're Joe Biden getting out in front of the American people and declaring that the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation and you're doing it with 51 former Intel officials and the help of big tech and the censorship regime killing the story in the run up to the election. If withholding the Stormy Daniels information is tantamount to election interference What do you call killing a laptop story that involves tens of millions of dollars that were actually sent to the candidate's family? I think he's got a point. Okay, yeah, well, you know, the point is pretty simple. If you follow the laptop, the point is Hunter's a dirtbag. But he wouldn't have gotten the money if Joe Biden wasn't his dad. So you understand the Hunter Biden story really quick. I'll just rehash it for you. Okay, Hunter Biden, and I, I do not begrudge him this. Guy has struggled with addiction, and I get it there, but, but for the grace of God go all of us. But Hunter Biden was like an actual crackhead, okay? You understand, he was a, it was a crackhead, He a real problem. In an interview, if you remember, he famously confessed to smoking more Parmesan cheese than anyone has eaten because he would often confuse it with crack on the floor. What the hell did you just say? That's an actual thing. But Hunter Biden, when he wasn't smoking crack or Parmesan cheese that he thought was crack— Okay, was addicted to drugs. And when you're addicted to drugs, you'll do anything to get money. Okay, a guy who would not only do anything to get money, but was also a blackmail risk because he has having a pretty torrid affair with his late brother's widow. And he also happened to knock up a stripper in the champagne room.
5: Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible.
2: So you've got a drug addict, sex addict, desperate for money, who out of nowhere gets put on the board of an energy company on the other side of the world, has Hunter Biden ever worked in the energy business?
1: The answer would be no.
2: Weird. So you're telling me just randomly, all willy-nilly, some Ukrainian power company that just happened to be negotiating power deals with the United States of America where Joe Biden was vice president, There was just no, you know, correlation between the fact that Biden was vice president. They were just sitting in the boardroom and they were like, you know, profits are down this quarter. What if we got a crackhead who knocked up a stripper who had never worked in energy, added him to the board? I mean, it might bring some pizzazz, maybe, you know, loosen up the work culture around here. Then we'd start making some money. Are you going to tell me that was the thought process?
5: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here.
2: Exactly. Hunter Biden got paid Because Joe Biden was vice president. Bingo. It's an influence peddling scheme. So much so that the Obama Treasury Department, Obama, they opened up 150 suspicious activity reports into the Biden family's banking records. 150 times. 150. Barack Obama's Treasury Department, while Joe Biden was vice president, said, yo, Something doesn't look right about this money, man. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't understand why it's coming. And as they reviewed it, where did they find out it was coming from? Interesting enough. But it was coming from China.
1: This could be a problem.
2: Our biggest geopolitical foe in the world. Okay. The one that just flew a spy balloon over all of our sensitive nuclear sites. Biden assured us it didn't get any data. Only to admit now earlier in the week, "All right, well, it got some data. Weird how the stories always shift, right? Okay. China place we're decimating our energy sector for because we want clean energy. They're the biggest polluter in the world by a margin of five. We're entrusting them with manufacturing all of our clean energy initiatives, solar panels. You know, they own all the mines where we get the minerals for electric car batteries. They're using slave labor to procure it. But China, okay, a a country, whose intermediaries have sent tens of millions of dollars to the Biden family. If Stormy Daniels getting $130,000 to keep her mouth shut is worth the efforts of investigators, in what world wouldn't, wouldn't the Biden family, the first family, the ones in charge of the country, getting tens of millions of dollars from one of our biggest geopolitical foes in the world not be worth it? I mean, and stick with me here. Okay, we're at war in Ukraine right now. Okay, Hunter also got money. That was a Ukrainian power company that put him on the board, and he made millions of dollars for sitting on the board of a Ukrainian energy company. The point is, Biden is governing like he's trying to help the people who've paid his family. I don't know that he's compromised. I don't know, but it absolutely has to be worth a look. Okay, we're uh, sending—we've sent over a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. And any time you're like, well, we got to end this war. They're like, what are you, a Putin puppet? What's wrong with you? Who let the Kremlin in here? And you're like, no, no, war's bad. Remember the whole make love, not war? You all have it on the bumper sticker of your car. Well, you did until you peeled it off and replaced it with a Ukrainian flag. But the point is, every time you talk to this administration about peace in Ukraine, they're like, shut up. You know, what would constitute success in Ukraine? Get out of here. they don't give you an answer. Okay, they're governing like they're compromised. I don't know that they are. But it's worth pointing out that on the other side of this coin, Hunter's also made over $3 million from Russia. So there's not a country that's playing a role in the world stage right now, a prominent role in shaping United States policy that didn't give money to the Biden family. So you damn sure better believe it's worth a look. And when the Democrats went out and they're like, eh, no, we're going you know, to prosecute Trump. He sent a wire transfer. Come on, she's a stripper. You're supposed to make it rain. Fire that money into the night sky. Shake what your mama gave you. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Girls, 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 make her dance. It's not girls, girls, girls anymore. Motley Crude, they had to rewrite it. It's thems, thems, thems. Thems, thems, thems. (laughs) (laughs) At the dollhouse in Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) Here is James Comer. You hear him on the show a lot. He is uh, the head of the House Oversight Committee, tasked with investigating the Bidens. The minute this Alvin Bragg indictment came down and people saw how flimsy it was, this is the warning we gave 48 hours ago. I said, listen, this is a 246-year precedent. We've never charged a president. If we're gonna, we, it, we need to. You Meaning, meaning if, if it's gonna happen, it's because it has to happen. Like the guy did something that could decimate our standing in the world, that could compromise our ability to lead, our ability to function as a country. If he has created a, committed a state-level offense, That's an existential threat to our well-being as a country. Yeah, you prosecute your president. Of course you do. Okay, but in this instance, again, we're going back to a $130,000 hush money payment that's passed the statute of limitations by years, okay, by five years, more than five years. So you understand this is a garbage charge. But if that's the way the game's going to be played, you also have to understand there are people within the justice system that have always respected the prior precedent, that now have carte blanche to go after Biden. That's exactly what they're saying. Here's James Comer, clip six.
6: And I'll tell you one of the things that I don't think has been picked up a lot that, that's going to be a problem. And, and I had two calls yesterday, one from a county attorney in Kentucky and one from a county attorney in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They, they were Republican, obviously, that both states are heavily Republican. They want to know if there are ways they can go after the Bidens now. And they've opened up yep. a can of worms. They've set precedents now that we can't go back on, and now we're going to see a, a judicial system that's already bogged down with with doing what they're supposed to do, and that's going after real criminals, uh, people that are uh, committing real crime, burglaries, rape, uh, robberies, things like that. And now you're going to start seeing ambitious political people like Alvin Bragg try to make a name for themselves, and go after big pie-in-the-sky federal cases. And it's just not a good path that we need to to, to go forward on in our judiciary.
2: I mean, think about that. If you're Joe Biden right now, I mean, dude, you have more exposure than anybody. Okay? And this is not something Republicans were rooting for. This is not something Republicans were like, you know, we got to do this. Let's just start charging presidents. But if you're Joe Biden, you got to be horrified. Okay, you know who else isn't happy? Okay, really? you Are going to talk about prosecuting former presidents or people who ran for president? I'll give you a hint. This is not okay. The people's pantsuit, the Clinton Global Initiative, made, raised over a billion dollars. Although it's hard to count because Bill asked for all the money in singles.
7: I believe that together we can make America great again.
2: The point is, Trump is a pretend criminal. The Democrats in the age of weaponized outrage, have portrayed him as a criminal, as a lawless, hooligan, lunatic. Okay, but Donald Trump, in comparison to the people who ascend to the tippy-top of government, is a mom-and-pop compared to their brick-and-mortar corruption empire. It's like, you take a look at the Pelosi's. Okay, the Pelosi's somehow are, like... They're getting Bernie Madoff level returns on the stock market because of the insider trading and everything else going on. Okay, believe me, there's so many people who go to Washington on a one hundred and seventy thousand dollar a year salary and retire with a couple hundred million dollars in the bank that nobody, nobody in D.C. benefits from opening up this can of worms. But here's a news flash. Okay, blinded by partisan rage and fury, congratulations cuz every one of you compromised dirtbags just did.
1: <laughs> You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience.
2: Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, trying to hold this country together. But man, oh boy, oh man. Okay, Karine Jean-Pierre. KJP. She was asked yesterday by Peter Ducey, the man with the best hair in all of cable news. Although it's, listen, asterisk. Peter Ducey plays in a dome stadium. He's in the White House press briefing room. His hair better look good. Okay, my boy Bill Malusian is at the border. This guy's in rivers and wind and sleet and snow. Okay, you got to give Malusian some credit for playing in the elements. You know, Ducey's a domed team, but let's stay on message. Ducey asked Karine Jean-Pierre yesterday at the White House if Biden is bothered by Trump, Trump sucking up all the oxygen. It is clip five.
3: Does it bug President Biden when
1: former presidents suck up all the oxygen?
4: What's important to the President is to continue to focus on the American people. That is what's important to the President.
1: So it's good to lay low for a couple news cycles So look,
4: here's the thing. Here's the thing, Peter, and this is what we will speak to. We will speak to the fact that that this is a President that has been able to uh, get historic pieces of legislation done. When you think about uh, the infrastructure legislation, something that, you know, we heard, Many, many times during the last administration, infrastructure week, infrastructure week, guess what this president was able to do? He was able to bring both both sides together to get this done.
0: Oh, shut up, woman.
2: <laughs> the question was about Trump getting indicted. And she's like, well, the infrastructure deal. and in the- She is so bad at her job. Oh, man, just terrible. And again, I support a diversity hire if they're qualified. But it's like, do you ever watch her? and walk away being like, now this is a person who's on top of it. The answer would be no. The truth is, though, to answer the question, because she didn't answer the question, Biden's thrilled, thrilled. And you know who else is thrilled? The White House is thrilled to have Biden out of the news cycle for three or four days. They'd be thrilled to have him out of the news cycle for four or five months because they have no idea what's going to come out of the guy's mouth when he opens it up every time. Do you understand? It's The guy's a disaster. I mean, that's the issue they're dealing with. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the the. the you know what I'm saying? We have a president that is clearly not all there. So the longer Trump wants to suck that oxygen out of the room. Believe me, they just sent Alvin Bragg a bouquet. Well, no in his physique it was an edible arrangement, but you get the point) Oh girl, it is Fox across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, if you guys watch me on TV this week, thank you. The champ needs the ratings, uh, and I'm going to be off the telly for the next couple of days. We're heading out to the West Coast, getting ready to raise holy hell in Bend, Oregon. You know what I'm so excited about? I'm making this up. I'm thrilled. And if you're listening on the West Coast, uh, you might know this. If you're listening in KUFO out in Portland, or you know, anything like that? Any of the Elkhorn stations? I mean, there's too many of these to even list. But, Randy, you better be at the show, damn it. Uh, stick with me. Uh, the Dexter Lake Club from the movie Animal House. That's where they go to see Otis Day of the Nights. Wait till Otis sees us! He loves us! Wrong. But the point is, the Dexter Lake Club, where Otis Day of the Nights sing "Shamalama Ding Dong, is apparently still standing this stuff like this matters to me. Like, I'm going. I'm going to go find Otis and probably get beat up. Do you mind if we dance with Joe Dates? That whole thing. Like, I can't wait. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get on the road. I have a little field trip for the champ. You know, when I leave town, it's like an Amish rum springer. Now they let the kid off the farm for like an hour and a half to try technology and drink a beer and see if it works, and they usually scare themselves senseless and run back to the farm. That's kind of how my marriage works. Jenny, like, sends me on the road to get drunk and tell jokes, and then I come running back to the farm. I got a good woman, though. You can actually see it on my face. You know it's funny? It's like you're not supposed to say this, but everybody is, you know, and this, this happens to women too. It's you know, If you have a bad man, husband or a lousy wife, you can usually see it on the person's face. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I'm not going to say it, but this guy looks like he's been through a war. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the last round of uh, in Rocky One when uh, him and Apollo, their heads are leaning on each other, they're barely standing up, and you just hear the announcer go, They've been in a war, these two. <laughs> you know, we've all seen a, a friend that's in that marriage. Like, you don't say it out loud, but you look at their faces when you show up to the House and you're like, oh, they've been in a war, these two. Well, there's a battle going on downtown here in New York. Alvin Bragg may have violated President Trump's Sixth Amendment rights. By refusing to disclose the underlying crimes he's being charged with. Now, if you remember, this is what the hullabaloo was about yesterday when Attorney General Bill Barr came on the show. This guy will say anything. No, I I disagree with Trump. No, Trump keeps bashing Barr on Truth Social. Bad, killing him. Turn off Fox if Barr's on, Rhino, blah, blah, blah. Bill Barr came on the show yesterday. And he's like, yeah, the Trump tears me a new ass on Twitter every time he gets up to pee in the middle of the night. But it doesn't mean they're not treating him unfairly. Bill Barr put his feelings to the side and said, regardless of my personal relationship with this president, as someone who cares about the integrity of our justice system, they shouldn't be treating him the way they are. Tell him like it is. Okay, so understand, in order for Alvin Bragg to charge Trump, in order for him to be prosecuted, this is the way this works. Really simple. Okay. The local crime that they believe Trump committed is that he paid hush money to Stormy Daniels and violated federal campaign finance laws. Federal. Now, does Alvin Bragg have federal jurisdiction? The answer would be no. So, what they're trying to do, okay, this is a triple Lindy. Remember back to school with Rodney Dangerfield? hey, I know you, you're short and tall and fat. Oh, yeah, well, give me back my pen. You know, that whole thing. Uh, They're trying to maneuver a triple Lindy where they're going to jump off with a local charge, land on a federal diving board to charge him with campaign finance violations. But in order for this charge to be valid, okay, because it's past the statute of limitations, it's beyond five years, So in order for this to even be valid, it has to hit on a third diving board, which in this case would be the intent to conceal a crime. So what Bragg did in his filing is he said, we're charging Trump at the local level with a federal crime because this maneuvering with Stormy Daniels withheld information from voters. Ergo, it impacted a federal election. Now we're past the statute of limitations, but we're going to claim in our indictment that the president did this local crime, which rises to a federal offense, because they were trying to conceal another crime. Okay, do you follow me so far? Local crime, past its statute of limitations, but we bump it up to a federal, okay? It would still technically be past the statute of limitations, but because they're tying this To the efforts to conceal another crime, they want you to believe they have grounds to charge the guy. Not even close! And here's the reason why. Are you ready for it? You know that additional crime that Trump is trying to conceal? They don't list it in the filing.
8: Oh, wow!
2: So Donald Trump, at a time when 52% of violent felonies in this city go unprosecuted, We had 26,000 people randomly attacked on the streets of New York last year, the vast majority of whom were women. Women are getting raped, robbed at record numbers in this city right now in terms of the stat increase. And Alvin Bragg isn't prosecuting any of it. Yesterday we found out a man who choked his 15-year-old stepson to death was let free without bail. Those are woke bail reforms talking, baby. Everything woke turns to But the guy who's letting people out without bail for choking their kids to death real crime, real death, is out here trying to prosecute Donald Trump for a fake crime. The crime isn't in the indictment. It is known as a ghost crime. Okay, we're chasing ghosts, ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? You're going to call Alvin Bragg. So what's going on here is that would constitute a Sixth Amendment violation Because Trump is now being asked – okay, just understand this. Trump is being asked to defend himself against a crime, okay, but he doesn't know what the crime is.
0: That's not right.
2: Is anyone following this? Guys, it's not okay. This is not me defending Trump, okay? This is me defending the rule of law, the integrity of our justice system, the future of our country. If you can charge your political opponents with ghost crimes, okay – Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. Okay, they're going to charge the Democrats with everything. And here's a newsflash a lot of the Democrats don't have pretend crimes, they got real crimes. That's true. That is true. But of course, no circus would be complete without one female clown. Uh, Stormy Daniels sat down with Pierce Morgan last night. Apparently, they had a couple of slow moments on OnlyFans. So she sat down with my man, Pierce, who I genuinely love talking to. It was a really bright intellect. We did a gut fell together. It was a great time. Uh, But Stormy (laughs) told Pierce Morgan uh, she's looking forward to testifying. And I don't doubt it, because it's a chance for all of us to see Stormy as we've never seen her before with clothes on. Here it is. Clip one.
7: You weren't asked to give evidence to the grand jury, but you may be asked to testify if this ends up as as a trial. How do you feel about potentially testifying in a trial that will be watched around the world?
9: Um, I mean, anytime you're up in the public eye, it's scary. I I used to get scared giving an oral book report in school. So, I mean, it's daunting, but I look forward to it. You know what I mean? Because I have nothing to hide. I'm the only one that has been telling the truth. And, you know, you can't shame me any more. So I feel like if they don't, it paints the picture that... They know something about me that makes me, you know, untrustworthy or not reliable.
2: That didn't make a hell of a whole lot of sense. She better watch it or they'll make her vice president. (laughs) Yo, lady, if you keep speaking in riddles, they're going to pull you right into the office and have you replace Kamala.
9: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha ha.
2: But understand this, okay? Stormy Daniels, to her credit, goes on to say that Trump's crimes against her aren't worth incarceration, which is noteworthy because she has had an affinity for putting guys in handcuffs over the years. Uh, It's clip three.
7: Would it give you any kind of closure with your time involving Donald Trump to see him Um, jailed?
9: Specific to my case, I don't think that his crimes against me are worthy of incarceration. Mm. I feel like the other things that he has done, if he is found guilty, absolutely, because a bigger problem is that if these allegations against him or whatever else that we don't know yet, he is found guilty or the evidence suggests that he is or whatever, and he doesn't, that it's going to just basically, I mean, it opens the door for other people to to think they can get away with doing that and, and worse.
2: So you understand. Give her credit. She's making a lot of money mocking Trump on Twitter, and she's certainly selling uh, all kinds of interesting photographs on OnlyFans right now.
8: Hubba, hubba.
2: (laughs) There's some things going on, I'm not going to lie. But she understands at the very least, like, what's going on here is two consenting adults made a legal agreement and money was exchanged Okay, no one was denied their half of the agreement. No rep. No one misrepresented themselves in their terms of the deal and understand Stormy Daniels does have additional grounds to be mad at Trump because a lawyer just ordered her to pay him more legal damages from a defamation of character suit. But even Stormy Daniels, a porn star. okay, people who are pretty impulsive by trade. I got a bad grade, professor. Well, I'll tell you what you can do to change it. These are usually pretty quick conversations. I mean, zero to 60 in the porn star world. You know what I'm saying?
0: I love it when you talk dirty.
2: But the point is, even she has more emotional discipline than the Democrats we're talking about right now. Okay, so when you're looking at the rule of law in this country, when you're looking at the state of prosecutions and judicial integrity... If you want to know why people are saying words like banana republic, okay, it's not because of people who interact with bananas for pay like Stormy Daniels. What the hell did you just say? No, no, it is all about the dirt bags on the democratic side of the
1: aisle. Correct the mundo. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor.
5: I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want
1: to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
0: In some ways this place that he called the invention factory would be a living monument to his mother's belief in him who urged him to experiment and push beyond the limitations others had imposed on him and tom edison would create some of his most incredible inventions right here so he created really a team approach to research which had never been done before and people would come and even offer to work for him for nothing I always tell you know our young people that's called an internship today but (laughs) but they came because they wanted to learn he did pay his employees but people would show up and they would you know really beg to have a position with Edison
2: that can only be the voice of one man uh the author and the uh audio tour guide On the unexpected light of Thomas Alva Edison, I am talking about the People's Champion, Raymond Arroyo, back in studio. And the crowd goes wild. Good to see you.
0: Great to see you, you know, the, Jimmy. The, the crowd be the, back. Uh, well, yeah, there, there they are. And there
2: they are. Thank you, crowd. They're excited. It's- Boy, this, is a I... different, this is a different venue. There's chicken wire over the stage. <laughs> it's like the Blues Brothers. They're throwing bottles at us. That's all right. We're, we're of the people. So I had made a promise to the people, yes. you know, because I'm going to be in, uh, I'll be in Bend, Oregon Friday Beautiful night. Beautiful place. I will be at the Tower Theater. Very excited. But it yeah. is sold out. So I wanted to offer them a consolation prize. The oh. consolation is if they can't get into the Tower Theater, they can turn on the Ingram Angle and see who in the guest host chair Friday night. Raymond Arroyo. Oh, there it is again. <laughs> Oh, look at
0: that! That The He-Man figurines on the table are cheering wildly. <laughs> even
2: the He-Man, the kids go nuts. No, well, I
0: wanted you to come on the show Friday night. You're too busy working and bringing glee to the and happiness to the people in Bend,
2: <laughs> well, I don't Oregon. doubt. But I don't doubt there would be glee if we were to do TV together. Yes,
0: well, there would be. There clearly, would, we would make it a very good
2: Friday. A lot of glee. Like Jimmy. I would have, I would have bedazzled whatever I was wearing. So maybe oh, it's for without the best. a doubt. If I get one more threatening phone call from Wardrobe, I mean, I just can't now. <laughs> I even recognize the number on the call. Caller ID they've called that many times. I'm like, just it, let it go to voicemail. Look,
0: I, I, I give you big props. I mean, when you saw that that Glenn Campbell estate sale, you went for it. <laughs> I'm glad... <laughs> You cleared out the rack. I love love that. No, no, you're like a walking Smithsonian. Really, really. When when the when the Loretta Lynn sale kicks in, I'm calling you. We're gonna go clean up. Imagine you in those rhinestone skirts
2: It would oh. be wonderful. Well, listen. You say Loretta Lynn. I find myself in the middle of a Peggy Lee moment because mm. I read the Trump indictment and I was like, Is that all there is? Is, is that, that all really there is? What we're dealing with here? <laughs> I
0: <laughs> thought you were gonna say fever. Well, yeah, we, we could got the, there. The other Peggy Lee moment. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, that's funny, but. I was watching this uh play out, and I you know, I think we're all in agreement that it's unprecedented. But does that even matter anymore? Like meaning like we'd never raided a president's house.
0: We well, never impeached I, a president twice. You know, I corrected this. All these anchors for days have been saying the first president yeah. ever arrested, the first president charged with a crime, the first president ever charged. That is a load of crap. The first president was Ulysses S. Grant, Uh who in 1872 was racing his buggy. He would have loved your rhinestone (laughs) shirt. Racing his horse and buggy through Washington, D.C., was arrested for speeding. He was warned once. They finally arrested him. He had to post a $20 bail to walk back to the White House. No more driving for him. He is the first president arrested and sent to jail. Ha ha. Joe Trump does not have that dishonor. Sorry.
2: If you're just joining us, bar trivia legend Raymond Arroyo and frequent (laughs) lifeline on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. (laughs) That's right. Regis and I were very close. (laughs) Well that's yeah. great. So so to clarify, Grant charged with speeding on a horse. Yes. Trump
0: charged for sleeping with a horse face is the actual <laughs> accusation. Both both lost $20 in the deal. <laughs> they both, the, the bail and the, well, we won't get into but that. Here but here's yes. significant.
2: Even Stormy Daniels, she was interviewed by Piers Morgan last night. Yes. Was like, no, nah, I shouldn't go to jail for this okay and porn stars are pretty impulsive people okay she's showing more restraint
0: than prosecutors in this moment well I haven't gone on a, I noticed her Pornhub numbers are up they say oh, yeah. uh, in reports but uh, <laughs> watching her interview she's just v- vaguely drizzly I yes. mean uh, I, you know Stormy Daniels it's kind of a boring interview <laughs> she she doesn't have much to offer do you think you know, really quick mildly okay. cloudy do you think this is <laughs> <near> the chance <laughs> of a settlement <laughs> At a new children's book you could write that one <laughs> Jimmy mildly cloudy with a The five day forecast. Stormy's five inch forecast.
2: Cloudy with a chance of settlement. Come on, Raymond Arroyo is here. We should have did TV together. Keep it clean. It's Holy Week. Let's go. (laughs) It's Holy Week.
0: Okay. well, stick with me then. Okay.
2: Uh, (laughs) I'm dying, though. Uh, So there's this idea, though. There's this idea. though. Yes. Because we're prosecuting like a ghost crime. We didn't tell Trump what he's being prosecuted with. This is true. Would there be anything funnier? Then two things happening. One, Bragg violated – it's an e-felony to leak from a grand jury, which he clearly did. Yes. Because there were no surprises in the indictment. It's the same indictment we were talking about a week ago. Exactly. Two, is a denial of Sixth Amendment rights where this is never going to happen. But for some pie-in-the-sky fun, wouldn't it be great if in one of our Easter eggs we found Alvin
0: Bragg under criminal prosecution (laughs) at the end of this? Well, he he could end up there. I mean, and look – Avenatti, mm-hmm. Michael Cohen. There, there is, a, there is a, a trend line here for oh, man. The, the Trump attackers end up getting ground up in their own machinery. Yes, This has happened before. Could happen again. And Trump th- is going to get off clean on this one. Oh, I. Mean, I, I don't, it's a I, ridiculous case.
2: I agree, but Alvin Bragg, beware because a lot of Stormy's videos end with
0: men in handcuffs. <laughs> so play some defense. <laughs> Raymond true. DeRoya, where did the time go? I don't know. but Oh, and the unexpected light of Thomas Alva Edison. Go buy it and watch the Fox nation special it's required this will bring families together at easter jimmy it's what we need and we have to be remembered of the great american lives thank you uh, and I'll, I'll no i love american it exceptionalism
2: later. it's the best it and thank you for indeed. stopping by raymond Deroy.
0: we will pleased. always have this watch the ingram
2: angle tomorrow night 10 o'clock eastern standard time you're welcome
0: we'll be there <laughs> kill them in bend <laughs>
1: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are back in action,
2: ready to roll. Mike Baker's coming by. Mike Baker, I don't know that he's ever been on the show. He's all over the Fox News channel. He's been on it for about 10 years. Uh, Former CIA inside man. He knows things. Black ops. He can kill you with his bare hands. Uh, Well, he is going to stop by to explain how... Man, oh boy, oh man, China, who is now on a war footing, not thrilled with our interactions with Taiwan, could be getting ready to kill a whole lot of people right now around the world. That can't be good. We are on the precipice. It's one of the reasons this show sounds like I get paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila. I'm trying to keep this country calm because we're on the precipice of a lot of late stage empire stuff. It is a mess out there. And we absolutely positively do need a change in leadership. That being said, my job isn't to tell you who should be in charge. My job is to give us a forum as the employer's. To figure out who our next employees should be when it comes to running this government. Because as it stands right now. We have
5: people in Washington that don't know what they're doing.
2: None of them. It's a mess. Okay. Earlier this week, we got the revised story on the Chinese spy balloon. Now, if you remember the way that story started. was, Well, there's no spy balloon. There's a bunch of nutty Republicans saying there's a spy. B- All right. There's a spy balloon. But don't worry, we shut down all of its spying capabilities. We made sure it didn't get any data. But don't worry, this isn't going to be tolerated. And then it flew across the country over all our most sensitive nuclear sites. But they were like, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. And then they finally shot it down over the Atlantic Ocean. First time Joe Biden's ever done anything to lower inflation. But stick with me. Because the fallout from there was, but don't worry, This thing didn't get any data from the United States of America. Come on, don't bullshit me. That's what everybody said. But then they changed the narrative in the White House to what? Well, you know, we had a lot of these spy balloons under the Trump administration. That is a lie. No, they didn't. Okay, they're so much more concerned with the politics than the people, the optics than the outcomes, that every one of these Biden catastrophes follows the same playbook. All right, it's not a problem. Okay, it's a problem, but it won't be here for long. Okay, it was here a while, but it turns out it's all Trump's fault. That's the playbook, and that's the playbook of someone who's been in Washington their whole life. This is politics as usual. But you know who else knows that? China. Okay, they see the calculated exercise and self-preservation that this administration has always engaged in, and it has emboldened them on the world stage. They don't respect us. Afghanistan is another great example of this exact template. If you remember, they all got on TV and were like, all right, we're pulling the troops out. We're getting them home for a photo op on September 11th, and we're going to go ahead. We're going to pull the troops out ahead of the, the guys with the guns are going to go home ahead of the unarmed Americans. That's Use your common sense. That's what we all said. But what did the Biden administration say? No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. The Afghan army, from the fiercest fighting forces in the world, they are not going to collapse.
9: It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Do you
2: realize that on the day Joe Biden told the world Afghanistan wasn't going to collapse? On the same day. The guy that was currently in charge of their government was packing a suitcase full of money and making his way to an offshore boat in another country so he could flee. Do those sound like the actions of a man who didn't think his army was going to collapse? The answer would be no. So start with the changing narrative there. Not going to collapse. It collapsed immediately. Okay? Okay. Then it became, we're not going to leave any Americans stranded. And then we left 10,000 not only Americans but allies behind enemy lines because the Taliban took over the country. And we saw images of people clinging to cargo jets as they attempted to take off, people throwing their babies over barbed wire fences in hopes that anyone would catch them and take them out of the country where they were guaranteed a better life under any circumstance than the life that awaited them in Afghanistan. That was the level of the humanitarian crisis the world witnessed. OK, and it was all caused by Joe Biden's ineptitude. But remember, when it was over, the story changed to, no, no, this isn't a problem. This was the most successful airlift in United
1: States history. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life.
2: The macho man was upset, and he had every right to be upset. OK, other wrestlers probably, I don't doubt, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was probably upset. I mean, a uh, Kamala the Ugandan giant, I don't doubt, was slapping his stomach in anger. Okay, understand that Joe Biden told the world not to believe their lying eyes. They all saw Afghanistan collapse. They all saw Americans get stranded. They all saw 13 service members get killed. They all saw a terror group return to power. The whole point of going to Afghanistan was what? It was to make sure in the aftermath of 9-11, it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups. Well, lo and behold, after 20 years— Of untold amount of blood and treasure spilled in that country, we left with a terror group in charge of the government sitting on $85 billion worth of our weapons. Do you understand? That's how it ended. Biden is such a disaster. But he got on TV and he said it was a win. Okay, the world saw the obvious lie. They saw the obvious political calculus. They saw the exercise in self-preservation. And they went, oh, I get it. The people running America right now are a bunch of clowns. That's what they said. That's exactly what they said. And what did the pivot come become from there? Every Democrat and every surrogate in the media ran on to the closest TV they could find. And they were like, well, you know, this whole withdrawal is Trump's fault, right? The media is a bunch of losers. But that's what the story became. Well, All right. All right. It's not a problem. OK, it's a problem, uh, but it's not going to be here for long. OK, people got killed. Americans got stranded. The Taliban's back in charge. The government and the army collapsed. But it turns out it was Trump's fault. That's the playbook again and again and again. They try it on inflation, they try it on the border, they try it on everything. And that's why in this moment, you're seeing the bold steps on the world stage that never took place before. The kidnapping of journalists by Russians, the encircling of Taiwan by China. Okay, here's the China reaction yesterday. Kevin McCarthy went and met with the Taiwanese president in California, showing the balls that this administration isn't showing. Because sadly, on the world stage, the only thing people respect is strength. There's a term, it's called peace through strength. We don't have that in the world right now. We have chaos through teleprompter. Okay, they know we have a president, who's completely full of it. They know we have a president who seems to be cognitively compromised. They know we have a president who's so much more concerned with covering his ass that he's constantly doing politically calculated things on the world stage that are harming and weakening his country. In baseball, if the catcher has a weak arm, Teams try to steal bases. They have a higher chance of stealing the base. Oh, We're going to run on this guy all day. We have demonstrated on the world stage that we have a catcher with a weak arm. So people are running on us. So when McCarthy got together and met with Taiwan, it was at least a statement to the rest of the world that, hey, you know, the Republicans, they're not taking this. They're at least going to say something. You know, they're at least going to show the support, the reminder, the nudge that, by the way, you're not supposed to be running our country. But lo and behold, China very well is running our country. Right now, they need our economy a lot more than we need theirs. But so much of our corporate entity and revenue and manufacturing is tied up in China that this administration does everything it can, everything it can to placate the Chinese. And it's not just them, it's Hollywood, it's the NBA, big entities. Well, will oh, whatever you want. We don't want any trouble. Okay. But here's Beijing. Okay. Because they find out that McCarthy meets with the president of Taiwan. Their Ministry of Foreign Affairs says Thursday, early today, that it would take such action to defend its sovereignty and territorial integrity, urging the U.S. not to go further down the wrong and dangerous path. We will take resolute measures to punish the Taiwan independent separatist forces and their actions. And resolutely safeguard our country's sovereignty and territorial integrity. See, China has a one-China policy. They don't believe in acknowledging Taiwan as a separate entity. And we are very much poking a bear. And that's what McCarthy was doing yesterday at the Reagan Presidential Library in California. Okay, him and his group of lawmakers. Okay, they meet with the, Thai, the Taiwanese president. And they say, hey, America supports Taiwan. It's bipartisan. We're here. We got your back. And what does China say? Oh, hell no. And the reason China says, oh, hell no, is they're not scared of us right now. And it's not supposed to be that way. That's the point I'm trying to make about the state of the country and where we find ourselves. This is not me saying it's over. We're screwed. We can't turn it around. America is very much the Michael Jordan of countries. But we're just going through that weird phase where Michael Jordan's playing minor league baseball for the Chicago White Sox. And everybody's like, what the hell is going on? But he eventually came back to the nBA and won not one, not two, but three more nBA titles, okay, kind of went out on top unless you count that weird thing he did with the Washington Wizards, but you know the point is he had a run, okay, We can be there, we can be what we're supposed to be, but we are not that right now, okay, when Kevin McCarthy gets out and signals you know strength on the world stage, I am thankful for it, okay, and the reason I'm thankful for it is because the only way we're ever going to stabilize all this unrest in the world is if we do have that unifying force that nobody wants to mess with. Do you understand? We used to be the team nobody wants to play. Okay, every parent who's had a kid in a youth league sport has had probably one experience over the course of 10 or 12 years where you saw one team get off a bus, you know what I mean, and the uniforms were creased a little bit better Things looked to be organized a little bit tighter. Their physical presence seemed to be a bit more imposing than what you're used to seeing at that level. And you quietly said to yourself, like, oh, that used to be the United States of America. Like, when we got off the bus and everybody's cleats hit the ground in the parking lot at the same time, all the parents were like, oh, Okay, but now a lot of these countries, a lot of these dictators see us get off the bus with our rainbow flags on our uniforms and we're organized in line by pronouns (laughs) instead of who the best player happens to be
3: like, my God, we really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting
7: our country the way they used to. Totally true.
2: Okay, we were supposed to be the team nobody wants to play, and now we are the team. That nobody takes seriously.
9: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
1: A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared.
9: I dropped my hot pocket.
1: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking to Mike Baker in the next break. Former CIA operative, the guy knows things. Uh, His opening act out in St. Petersburg, Beach, Florida.
6: We're talking to my man Wally. Yo, Wally. Yo, Jimmy.
2: My man, how you doing down there?
6: Um, You know, I have to put blinders
7: on when I drive Gulf Boulevard during spring break and the Easter holidays. (laughs) I'm going to get an award pretty soon for my 50th (laughs) airbag.
2: Wally, are you on speakerphone, you pervert?
7: (laughs) I'm sorry if it sounds like that. I'm just in my office, but... I just wanted to uh, that, you know, this is just another distraction that I'm dealing with now with this indictment of Donald Trump and it's it's uh just the precedence has been set historically on how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And it's actually was set by the Democrats because they usually lead uh in all political chicanery. Yep. I got to use that word today. <laughs> but um anyway, it was Involved Confederate President Jefferson Davis, mm-hmm. and it was the start of his treason trial, mm-hmm. and the prosecutors filed what's called null prosecue or a decision not to prosecute because they realized you don't prosecute the leaders of political parties. Yeah. Because it's it, going to cause it's if it's it, in this era if it's non there's just going to be continuous civil war.
2: Yeah, it's bad. I mean, you know, since you brought that up, okay, you went it's a deep cut. You went deep into the crates there for that album. Uh, it's it's actually the reason so many Confederate statues existed around the country too. It was a you know a gesture of good faith from the winning side to acknowledge, you know, the losing side and the things that mattered to them and what they valued uh, because they were trying to hold the country together. And well, and
7: this was also to show respect yes. to Abraham Lincoln, who was only wanted to unite the country.
2: Yep. So it's, it's so crazy that after a civil war there was an effort being made to unite the country, but after a contentious election we're doing the exact opposite.
7: And it's you know it's it's unnecessary and um, especially we're coming out you know you're still coming out of the COVID nineteen pandemic it's like can we get a moment of stability and okay. kind of come together like we like after every natural disaster regardless of party people come together and rebuild yep. mm-hmm. and it's like when are we going to get that with the political side?
2: Yep, and uh, we're not there yet, but I want to believe. That people are outgrowing this way of doing business? Because the yield is, you know, nobody has anything to show for it. Everything in the country is worse right now under this administration. And, of course, the relations are worse. So if I was you, I would take the blinders off and drive back down the spring break. (laughs)
7: I, well, I got one more research in a way to bring the country back together. Politically, you, you always have two teams. There's mm-hmm. Democrats and Republicans, and the Republicans are looking good going into 2024 with their, with their bench. Mm-hmm. So we need the Democrats to have a good bench, and I'm recommending uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema.
2: Okay. Well, listen, they have uh, absolutely gone above and beyond to demonstrate bipartisanship at a time when we need it. So I will tell them both they have the Wally vote. Okay. Great work, brother. Have a great day, my friend. There goes Wally down in St. Petersburg Beach. I mean, Wally, dude, eyes on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie, though. There are a lot of scantily clad women walking around Florida right now.
8: Hubba, hubba.
2: (laughs) But you think of the point Wally made. Okay, in a post-Civil War America, as you would imagine, it's a pretty emotional time. Half a million people have just died over a political difference. Died, dead, fought a war. No country on earth has done more to eradicate slavery than we have. Yet we're still sitting here trying to convince people folks are oppressed in 2023. I'm like, wait, come on, man. You guys are so stupid. It's the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world. But they're still running that fake oppression card because it's politically viable. But when you think about how stupid and childish and sophomoric and, you know, you talk about late-stage empire stuff. We're fat, spoiled, and stupid as a country. We now invent grievances. Invent grievances. We go, oh, well, you know, we haven't had a woman yoga pants spokesperson that's actually a man yet. So if we don't go do that, the whole country's transphobic. Burn it down! You know, we have a manufactured civil rights movement going on. But at a time when we actually fought a war for real human rights, the other side was still able to acknowledge the importance of not prosecuting their opponents. But we can't do that now? i got to be honest. It's embarrassing. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. Uh, word on the street, is we may very well run into this gentleman in Boise, Idaho, uh, this very weekend when we're out at the Egyptian Theater. He is, of course, a former CIA officer, and he is giving me the advanced scouting on what I'm getting myself into in Boise. Mike Baker is here. Hey, man.
3: <laughs> How you doing, man? How's it looking? Yeah, we are. The entire town is... is uh is moist with excitement over your <laughs> upcoming visit <laughs> so, now, so be prepared.
2: Now if, is but, that a, uh, was that a CIA term, or
3: is that a, what yeah. I think it was? <laughs> wow. No, it, it is. It's, it's an old uh, agency term. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, we're super excited to, to get you out to Boise. Uh, don't know if you've ever been there or not. No. But it's, it's a great town. Let great me, town.
2: Listen, everyone I've ever known who has gone there is like, oh, no, Boise's amazing. you got to go Boise and the football team and the college and the town and everything. Everybody loves it. But before yeah. we get into Boise in our conversation, one thing I have to do, and I want some CIA intel on this, is, you know, in the movie Animal House, the the world famous Dexter Lake Club where Otis Day and the Knights uh, oh, yeah. sing "Shamalama Ding Dong is in Dexter, Oregon. It's kind of on the way down. Uh, should I show up at the Dexter Lake Club tonight and, and ask somebody if they mind if I dance with their dates?
3: Do you mind if I dance with you? Well, No. know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you definitely should. Yeah, right. You know what? That's the great thing about road trips mm-hmm. is, you know, in all seriousness, is that chance to see uh, there's yep. stuff, Of course. Stuff, sorry, stuff that you just wouldn't see.
2: They really uh, are moist, by the way. You hear the language on Baker. They're moist. They're excited. I
3: get it. Oh, God, <laughs> Good it's, stuff. It's, yeah. And I, 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 so I would. I, I think you're going to have a great uh, time. I understand you're going to be out in Bend, Oregon, I think.
1: Yes. Food?
3: Yeah. 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 Beautiful town. Uh, great part of the country. And uh, and that drive is it's relatively easy drive and oh. it's, it's certainly scenic. So yeah. you're gonna have you're gonna have a great time as long
2: as you get the, don't get arrested. Yeah, <laughs> we're so. talking to Mike Baker. Understand the kind of drive I'm used to is like a former New York City cab driver. Is you know there's like a hobbit in the back seat trying to hit me with a hammer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, you know a, a, a fire truck needs to get through six lanes of shuttered traffic. You know, people are screaming. So I don't you know. know. This, yeah, go ahead.
3: This is not like that. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll have vast stretches of beautiful uh, mountain scenery uh-huh. uh, and countryside to drive through, and not a single hobbit. Oh,
2: uh, man, no so, hobbits! Yeah. What the no, hell? No, did they yeah, not read? Did they not read my rider? What about making me feel at home?
3: It, it's so oh, fun. It's gonna be great. Yeah, and, you, and, and I tell you what, when, when you get to Boise, uh, the theater you're doing, the Egyptian Theater, is uh, is a fantastic place. Oldest theater in, in Boise. Um, and, uh, you know, Boise was founded in, I don't know, like you know, 1000 yeah. B.C. or something, so it's ancient. <laughs> and uh, and so it's – but it's a beautiful old theater. You're going to love this experience.
2: All right. No, this is rad. This is all great intel, Mike Baker. And uh, I will – so I will have you know. So I'm going to be driving down from Bend on Saturday. And then you're tasked with – I guess we need to find a cigar or a whiskey. Does, is there anywhere out there that serves both before the show?
3: Oh, before the show, absolutely. We'll We'll go yeah. to a cigar bar there. Ooh. and uh Ooh. and I don't know how many whiskeys you want before the show, <laughs> uh, trying to play defense the yeah, prob- yeah, so, but we'll do that and uh and you know if it's if it's all right, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what uh there are no seats, I don't think there's real, I and mean, there may mm-hmm. be like three
8: yeah.
3: random seats available still because uh-huh. uh, I was going to tell I was going to say look if if people are listening from boise and you don't have your tickets yet but I went on and looked at the seat map, and there's almost nothing. Okay. Um, so it's look it's going to be a really good evening. But what that what I'm doing basically is I'm I'm trying to mooch a couple of opportunities for my wife and I to stand backstage. Oh, dude, Baker, around. whatever you
2: need, you're on the inside. What are you
3: talking right, look about? Look at that, and i You know what? If if you need to, I'll I'll run waters out to you during the stop show. it, you uh, B- yes. Baker, you stop. I'll mop it. your brow. You yes. have so, when it comes
2: to my theater gigs, you get the full on Abe Lincoln treatment.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> i kidding. No, 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 dude, stop it. You tell the exactly. missus. No, I have to, like, I'm not kidding. My sound check is like an hour and a half before the show at these gigs. So, Good I'm. I, but, but the point is I'll be there backstage with you and the missus and whoever wants to be in the entourage. And, yeah, no, stop it, dude. We're doing this. So
3: Fantastic. Just, I'll, I'll bring all the kids. I'll bring the dogs. I'll bring the cats. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back there. <laughs> Outstanding. It's a, like the Walton standing it, backstage watching. You. No, I think
2: it's good. It's it's nice. I roll in like it's like an a it's a rapper, but it's a different version of a rapper. We bring uh bring the whole barnyard <laughs> jamboree. Um give me give me one piece of intel. I really quick, okay. Well one of the things I was kind of back and forth on this week was the spy balloon. So the story's kinda of changed on the spy balloon. It went from they would didn't get any intel, don't worry about it, to all right, it turns out they got a little intel. Um, is there any way to discern what that even means?
3: Uh well, first of all it means that the administration currently here in the US uh, I think, just probably believes the average American is an idiot and will, will believe anything that they tell them during these pressers. But the idea somehow that the, uh, this, this uh, spy balloon was not transmitting data that it was collecting real-time back to the Chinese yeah. regime – it's just absurd, right? Yeah. I mean, what were they doing? Were they recording it on the real, real tapes, or <laughs> it was, it was and a Betamax? <laughs> yeah, I think they it later on. I mean, <laughs> so it, it, it was—it's insane for for John Kirby or anyone to stand there and go, "Well, we really don't know. We haven't assessed." Of the course, they did. That's the whole point of the spy balloon. Yeah. That's why it—it it was loitering over sensitive facilities, and yeah. so. You know, again, I get it. You know, the administration wanted to have all the details possible before they took action. But that's insane. That's not that's not how you run a government. That's not how you run a military or an intel community. You have to be able to make decisions within perfect information. And you have to at some point get off the action and make a decision. And they should have made that decision before it got over. You know, our uh, our landmass. Once once it once we realized what it was, Mm -hmm. um, as soon as the opportunity presented itself, we should have taken it out.
2: And and would you say we had like ample opportunity, like if it's over Alaska or northern Montana, you probably have a couple of open spaces?
3: No. You know what? When you look at the the population of Alaska, think, I don't know what they were thinking. It's three like, guys. I, I was, we could have called right. them. That's right. <laughs> we could have we could have sent them individual postcards. Uh, but they, look, they, they, there was no logic to their their explanation. And so you're right. The the kind of the, the the way they presented this has changed. They've shifted a little bit, and and now they're saying, well, yes, they did collect some intel, but no, it wasn't all that serious. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know what, again, I I don't know what the thing is. If we we did this, if we floated a balloon visible uh, to to their population, uh, they wouldn't let it traverse uh, the entire nation of China before shooting it down.
2: No, no chance. We're talking to Mike Baker, former CIA uh, officer. We're having a grown-up talk about all things uh, America. Uh, Here's one thing I wanted to add to that. So when the rest of the world sees the political calculus of this administration, because it clearly seems to be... An exercise in protecting the brand more than addressing the issue of China spying on us. Do you think when the narrative shifts from, all right, this didn't get anything to find it got a little bit to, you know, Trump had this stuff happen, too. Do you think the rest of the world sees the politics being the priority here and that kind of
3: emboldens them? I think it does, yes, and, mm. and, and, you're, and you're right to point out, look, it's not just this administration. Right? Yeah. You have to be careful about, mm-hmm. you know, about being pragmatic and yeah. understanding that they, you know, they, they've viewed uh, this administration, they viewed the previous administration because of all the noise and chaos, mm-hmm. as, as being unserious, mm-hmm. right? And that has an impact on what their short and you know, midterm strategy will be, mm-hmm. particularly when you're talking about a country with the resources of, of the Chinese regime. And look, Xi has locked himself in. As president for life basically yeah and so they they are he is in a unique position compared to past uh efforts to analyze what the chinese regime's plans or intentions are right that's shifted now Mm. and i think xi firmly believes that they are very close to getting to the top of the food chain which Mm. is where he wants to be obviously yep and that has to factor into our calculus but i think they do look at, at our administrations and don't necessarily believe that we're uh, serious and that we're playing yeah. to politics, as you said.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, you know, G, since you brought him up, he had also reached out for tickets to the Boise gig. I did say no. You said no? Yeah, not to G. Oh, like... dude,
3: see, this was an opportunity for detente. Um, <laughs> could, have been, could have been me and G standing backstage, you know, kind of laughing and poking each other in the ribs. Yeah, it would have <laughs> been a good scene. But uh Fe- never mind. All Fe- right. People don't, go. people don't realize we're a couple of
2: knob creeks away from peace in this world and uh, I just blew it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's funny. Oh God. Yeah. It's it's uh it, it is an interesting time. Look I think when you look at the relationship that China has with, with Russia, right? And obviously Russia mm-hmm. is sort of in the in the stepchild seat, right? Yep. They're they're the supplicant here. Mm-hmm. Um but the dynamic there is a little different than it has been in the past, and there's always been this connection between Russia and China. That sometimes it's it's best friends, sometimes it's not. It just depends on how China views the relationship and what's in their best interest. Mm-hmm. But it's a little different now, right? Yeah. And I mean, and China looks at the Ukraine conflict and thinks this is great. Both Russia and the U.S. in a, in different ways are getting kicked in the ass.
8: Yeah, right? yeah, they so, love
3: this. You know, and and they're buying cheap energy from Russia, and they're they're strengthening the the, the concept of the, of their currency being. You know, uh, fair game for trade in the yep. world markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're taking advantage of it, and it's it's a this is a very delicate time.
2: Yeah, I I don't think you can you know overstate that. And you know, there's so many peripheral things that kind of take priority in a news cycle these days, but none of them matter in comparison to like the fact that the world's going sideways you know, at a pretty high level right now in terms of, you know, foreign policy, probably will be the most consequential portion of the Biden administration for all the things we talk about daily, like inflation and the border and everything else. uh, They have uh, not been the best away team, if you will, uh, here in this administration. One last thing I wanted to throw at you. So the the Taiwan deal, okay. McCarthy meets the Taiwanese president yesterday, and I know we're trying to signal our support for Taiwan, and China doesn't like that because the one China policy. What is our you know gain here you know because i guess we're demonstrating some strength by solidifying that relationship but at the same time that's also kind of poking that chinese bear a little bit uh is that the is that the point of this is this our way to show the teeth that we didn't show previously on other issues
3: well i think i think yeah uh, poking the bear is, is is part of it it's um it it is uh, important, I think, for people to understand that the uh, Taiwan and supporting Taiwan in this bizarre sort of one china policy yeah. ability, right the parameters are set right mm-hmm. so there's there 's limited room on the on the on the playing field, but it is important right taiwan's not just because you know they share democratic values um, also be for economic reasons right they manufacture just about all the chips that we use mm-hmm. um, and you know the idea that The Chinese regime feels emboldened enough, as they have in the past, frankly, to threaten us Mm -hmm. and say, you know, don't meet with Taiwan's leaders. You know, I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah. Right. That that they would feel uh, so strong that they could say that. And then, of course, the next thing they do is, you know, conduct live fire exercises and (laughs) sail some of their ships out you know, southeast of Taiwan or even blockade Taiwan as they're sort of soft blockading right now. Uh, But it is important to 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 show resolve. Um but you're right. The the danger is that the rhetoric heats up so much that it takes on a life of its own. Yeah. Um uh, so we have to hope that we have serious players in the White House and State Department and military who understand, you know, just how far you do want to go. Nobody wants a war. China doesn't want a war, right? Mm-hmm. They they Chinese regime hates chaos, right? Yeah. They don't want because we can't predict what will happen. And they yeah. want certainty. So mm-hmm. they don't want it, we don't want it. Uh, So we need to understand what the point of our support is and just how far to go with that. And then hope also that serious people are having back channel discussions that we can't see, you know, between the two countries to maintain communication, to make sure that, you know, everything stays on the rails.
2: Wow. What a what a time to be alive. It's probably probably a good good time to (laughs) get out to the Egyptian theater and buy the three outstanding seats that are floating around. Come have a drink with your buddies. Uh, listen,
3: that's it. that's it. Everybody, everybody, just just check the seat map. I'm telling you, there's not much <laughs> left. I think there were like three seats in the very back row.
2: I don't even that know were,
3: that were remaining. Yeah. Well,
2: listen, and, you uh, you and the misses have folding chairs right in that first parking space outside the theater, so you don't don't even mention. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs>
3: we'll um, watch it we'll watch it on netflix there it is yeah. um, uh. i
2: will my 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 best bet my best plan anyway is i'm going to try to be in town before noon on saturday obviously i'll check in with you offline to confirm all this but yeah. uh, it's it's either a power lunch with two whiskeys and you let me rest before the show, or we just got to burn it down at, like, 5 o'clock right through showtime. I'm a bigger proponent of the power lunch because I'd rather – because this is the, the problem with my crowd. You need to know this. They're the best people you're ever going to meet. But every one of my gigs turns into a hazing ritual. Where I'll walk for real, like you walk on stage, and somebody sends a drink to the stage, and like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, I drink the drink. But then it becomes like a pop the pig game where they just keep sending them now, and they're just trying to see what they can turn this into. Yeah. yeah.
3: So maybe we should meet at five o'clock. Just explode that pig, but then. <laughs> and then, then we can't do any more damage. Mike well, Baker. Uh,
2: no. Mike uh, Baker uh, is going to be performing at the Egyptian Theater tonight, <laughs> Saturday night. Check good him good out thing. for the full hour. Oh
3: God, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll got the uh, the dueling pianos. The yeah. crowd's going to love this. People,
2: people um, do know that Baker's stage name is actually Jimmy Fallon. You're all going to see Baker.
3: <laughs> okay. No, I did, I did like a an uh, year and a half, you know, uh, undercover doing a drag show uh, for the agency, uh, traveling the world. So I'll bring that back in. I'll dust it off. All
2: right. Well, listen, there if, if are some Democrats in town, so if you're going to do drag, I'll find some five-year-olds for the audience.
3: Good <laughs> stuff, man. Uh, I think I'll this see... is all heading sideways. Yeah, listen, we're yeah. still sure looking forward to it.
2: Right, my man, I'll see you in Boise.
3: <clears throat> Take care.
2: There he goes, the great Mike Baker. There we go. Back after this.
1: Taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox across America.
2: Oh, girl. it's Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up on a Thursday. My last day in New York City this week. I am headed out. The sunny Bend, Oregon. Flying into Portland tonight. You know, I don't feel at home if I don't see a tent city. So I'm uh, going to go into Portland, fight some Antifa people, burn down a courthouse or something. You know, local fair. Went in Rome, uh, and then I am heading down to the Dexter Lake Club. I am going to the Dexter Lake Club tonight. You know, if you're listening, you're out in Dexter Lake, Oregon. You want to meet your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon? How do I not go to the Dexter Lake Club? Come on, it's iconic. I need to get from Portland to Bend, but we are able to ascertain that the Dexter Lay Club is kind of on the way. It'll about, add about 40 minutes to my trip. There is no way, none, zero, zeb zilch, that a guy who spent most of his adult life driving a taxi in New York traffic, okay, considers an extra 40 minutes of highway and adversity worth avoiding. Like, dude, do you understand, like, I have fought mariachi bands. Well, they got in a fight. I had a mari- mariachi band. in the back fight in the backseat of my cab. I got hit by a trumpet on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> it's crazy they were fighting i was just there laughing but an instrument went flying and clocked me but i uh, know i've seen things i've seen clay henry the beer drinking goat yeah you know, weird time travelers i've seen strange things people from other dimensions and stuff and you've you know i've driven with like literally people trying to like hit me with tools got tried to hit me with a wrench i got stabbed with a screwdriver once you know things go on when you drive a cab And in the beginning, it's like, this is nuts. But then you kind of get used to it. Like, you know, at the end of the movie, The Hurt Locker, it ends with the guy in the grocery store being like, what if I went back to the war? You know, that's me. Every day I'm on the way into Fox News and I make that left on 6th Avenue. I'm like, well, what if I made a right and went to the taxi garage? (laughs) Well, the way this show's going, I'll probably wind up in the taxi garage and it won't even be my choice. So let's try to focus in the next hour. Diamond Dave Landau, the bell of the ball, is going to come by to weigh in on the newest endorsement deal for Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney, who is already a spokesperson for Bud Light, he, of course, a man pretending to be a woman, has now gotten an endorsement from Nike to push women's yoga pants. Apparently, when Nike said, just do it, they were not talking about attending a biology class.
5: Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a
9: girl,
1: you stay a girl. Live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh girl, here we go. Here we go.
2: Big hour. A plus-sized hour. A body-positive hour. A Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fail. A Diamond Dave Landau, nationally touring comedian. A gentleman you could see this very weekend. He is in Canton, Michigan at the Village Theater. You could go Saturday night. You could see Diamond Dave. He's going to be on the show. Uh, He's going to be joining my fine self, uh, a gentleman who is appearing this Friday night. At the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. It's sold out. I can't get you in, but you can come to the meet and greet. I'd love to hang. And, of course, Saturday night in Boise, Idaho at the Egyptian Theater. It's going to be a banger. But what Diamond David and I are discussing, uh, something you are welcome to discuss as well, uh, 888-788-9910, is, uh, I don't know how to explain this to you, but there's this weird, I've been saying this for a while now, it's like a, we're in the middle of like a fake civil rights movement where the Democrats ran out of steam like they used to get votes. They used to reduce all political discourse to, well, agree with us or you're some type of a bigot. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. That was always the M.O. Okay. Well, do do we want it? you're a racist? Come on, get out of here. But what happened is like people really got so tired of the race; they just exhausted it. COVID was racist. Climate change was racist. Like racism was racist. It was weird. They just lost control. They weren't even listening to themselves. Everybody, be- everything became racist, and it just it lost its steam. You know, in the movie Casino, when things start to go downhill, in De Niro's voiceover, there's a funny moment where he's like, you know. Not supposed to be funny, but he's like, eventually, Nicky wasn't getting him down with one punch anymore. And he's talking about how Joe Pesci, as the enforcer, was starting to get sloppy. He wasn't knocking people out with one shot he wasn't killing them quietly like you're supposed to do to cover up the crime. He was now operating wide open for all to see and it was bringing a lot of undue heat on the, you know, the casino itself and the operation and the people behind the scenes. So eventually, you know, Joe Pesci ran into a, you know, a rough day at the ballpark if you will. Okay, well that's where we are with the race card. Plenty of people are still playing it. But it's not getting them down in one punch anymore. So what the Democrats have done is they've embraced, they have deployed transphobia as their new cudgel, as their new means of stifling debate. They have taken 0.5 percent of the population, which is the transgender population, people none of us want to harm or hurt, people who have every right to be and feel safe in society that you do or I do. Although, to be clear, they shouldn't feel too safe because none of us do in society these days. It's such a mess. But the point is we don't want to attack them. We don't hate them. We don't wish them harm. A lot of them are harming themselves, committing themselves to genital mutilation at a young age, which subjects them to a lifetime of more surgeries and medications. But the point is the Democrats are now making transgenderism the face of everything. Okay, it's in the military now. We've got to get the pronouns right. Because I'll tell you, when you go into war, the one thing they respect is an army that's focused on hurt feelings. That's No, no, they respect that. (laughs) When those enemies see the hate has no home here bumper sticker on our army tanks, when they see that coexist sticker on the bomb, they're not going to want to mess with our army. But the point is we're making it the face of everything, okay, including the (laughs) sports that would traditionally be played by biological women are now being played by men. And the way the Democrats were able to advance this as far as they have in society is by using the same social pressure that would normally apply to the race card. They'd say, well, all right, here's Will Thomas. He's ranked 432nd in the country as a male swimmer. He's now thrown on a women's swimsuit, jumped in the pool. He is ranked number one immediately. That happened. Will Thomas went from 432 to number one instantaneously, was breaking records and beating people by half the pool, because here's a flash men have a big biological advantage over women.
1: He knows what he's talking about.
2: But in the beginning, because the backlash and the social pressure campaigns were so aggressive, the Democrats were able to create a vast divide between what people believed and what they were willing to say publicly. Yeah, I know this isn't right. You shouldn't have a guy swimming against women. It's a guy. Okay, that was the whole point of separate sports. I mean, the reason in Rocky Three, okay, Mr. T fights Rocky. Okay, no one agrees it would have been fair if Mr. T changed his name to Mrs. T and fought Adrian. This could be a problem. Big problem. You might die. Okay, the point is we all knew that to be true. But because the backlash was so swift and severe, people like J.K. Rowling, they were like, oh, only women can have babies. And they were like, you monster, you animal. Why don't you just pull out a gun and shoot him in the head? That's how they do it. And people are like, oh, my God, gee, I don't want these people yelling at me. All right, fine. No, they are all the same. We're all the same. And that's what they said. And people started to go along with it. And now we had integrated women's sports, which is not supposed to happen. It's called women's sports. not supposed to be integrated with men or men pretending to be women. But because this has become an effective societal cudgel, like a fraudulent civil rights movement, the Democrats are now trying to manufacture its surgical civil rights. Hey, from now on, little kids should be able to go out and chop off their genitals. They want to switch genders the age of five or six or seven or eight. That's what they want to do. Go ahead. We're going to go create a marginalized group of people Another minority group in our society literally manufactured on a surgeon's table so we can go brand anybody who doesn't support our policies as transphobic. Oh, you don't like climate change? Do you realize what it's doing to the transgender community, you animal? That's for border security? You want to build a wall? Do you know how many transgender people aren't going to be able to flee a pressure of regimes now because you built a wall? That's just transphobia is what it is. Stopping fentanyl from coming across the border. What about all those transgender drug mules? How are they going to make a living? Like, that's what they do. They use it. They, uh, they co-sign it with every piece of legislation they're trying to pass. And then they go back and characterize any objection you might have is based on the transphobia. They do this with racism still. Like, the people still trying to yell racism are still trying to, you know, they don't realize how laughable it looks. They're clowning themselves. Here's Andrea Mitchell. I'll give you an example. She's over on MSNBC. Andrea Mitchell, for all intents and purposes, is like the college kid hanging out at the high school parties. Like, what are you still doing here? And what I mean by that is when she invokes the race card, she's talking about the Trump prosecution. And here's a clip of her speculating on, well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Trump's just mad at this Alvin Bragg guy, for all we know, because he's black. You know, because we all know Trump would be thrilled with a white prosecutor prosecuting him. He'd be like, best day of my life. Lock me up. Yeah, this is great. But this is how stupid this is. But this is how they get things done. Clip 15.
5: And it may or may not be coincidental, but both the D.A. and the judge are people of color or uh, the judge, as Judge Cura was, was ethnically Hispanic, I believe, Latino. And, of course, the D.A. is black. So... They have certainly become targets of his in any case and their families. You ought to be ashamed
4: of yourself. <laughs> that's,
2: that's certainly no coincidence. <laughs> but that's how they got things done with the race card in the past. You listen to it now when there's not as much pressure, where well, the race card has kind of lost its luster again, and you realize how absurd this was. But two years ago, four years ago, eight years ago, if she was like, Yeah, you know, Trump's just mad at this DA because he's black, a lot of people are like, Yeah, racism. As if anybody likes a prosecutor who's coming after them to destroy their lives. Ah, you know, honey, normally I love a good prosecution. There's something about the criminal justice system cracking down on me that, as you know, just really makes my day. But ever since this black fella came along, like what world are we living in when that's passable analysis in front of a TV camera? And they're confidently advancing that to the world. But they were doing that for the better part of 10 years. Now it sounds ridiculous. So they needed something new. New is now transphobia. It's the new race card. Give us what we want and you're transphobic. Dylan Mulvaney is now the face of Nike's women's yoga pants.
0: What you have just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. But
2: it wasn't me saying it. It was Nike saying it. Nike has taken a biological man. You know yoga pants, Lululemon. Well, now we're going to see Lulu's lemons. Okay? A biological man with a set of nuts is now... Invi- is now Modeling and endorsing women's yoga pants. And why is corporate America flocking to this? They're flocking to this simply because they are a surrogate wing of the Democratic Party. And they understand that if they advance this agenda, it gives the Democrats an opportunity to brand any type of pushback as some type of transphobia.
3: I'm telling you, that boy's a genius.
2: That's exactly what it is. Listen, understand, if you don't think this is the goal, the goal is to provoke criticism, provoke pushback. That's why we have drag shows for five-year-olds. Nobody in this country cared that drag shows were going on. Bachelorette parties go to drag shows left and right. It's like a big thing. A lot of people in my family went to them. I've always known they've existed. RuPaul's been in the public eye for 30 years. We didn't start complaining until they started having drag shows for five-year-olds because we had all agreed back when this country had some principles— that anyone who wanted to sexualize children shouldn't be around children. That was the dig. That was the move. That was the point.
1: Bingo, man, bingo.
2: But now we turned it into, well, if you don't want a guy named Cinnabons giving your kid a lap dance, you must be some type of a transphobe. What the hell's wrong with you? And that's how this works. And that's why the Dylan Mulvaney thing is being embraced by corporate America. They have a fake civil rights movement that allows them to fight. Well, we're a woke company here at Bud Light. As I was saying on Gutfeld the other night, Bud Light used to come in a cardboard case. Now it comes in a mental case. Okay, you really think about that. An old Tranheiser Bush. Okay, through Dylan Mulvaney on a beer can. People drink beer to get away from politics. They get away from identity politics. They get some peace from all of this madness. And now you're literally pouring it down their throat. Now Nike has Dylan Mulvaney modeling women's yoga pants. Do you know what an insult that is? to the hundred of million women that live in this country that a biological woman can't get the woman's endorsement like you think about this in hollywood they yell at you they're like well if you know we're going to be portraying someone who's indian on camera from now on it needs to be of indian descent you know if you're going to be Portraying someone who's black or Latino on camera, the actor needs to be black or Latino. Okay, that's the way it works. But in order to portray a woman in a corporate pitch campaign, you don't need to be an actual woman? Like, dude, that is madness. But that's where we are. It's a fake civil rights movement. They benefit from the Here's black. Here's a, a news flash. Okay, this is real. This is not a joke. Dylan Mulvaney is endorsing Tampax. Dylan Mulvaney is a biological man. Do biological men ever, ever, ever menstruate? The answer would be no. Do biological men ever get periods? I mean, periods, do biological men ever give birth? The answer would be no. So what on earth is Dylan Mulvaney doing endorsing Tampax? How are they Tampax, which is a feminine product, how is it marketing itself to women By putting a pretend woman on the cover of their product. I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is they're not doing this because of women. They're not doing this because of the product. They're doing this because of the ideology that allows them to create a new frontier for a manufactured civil rights movement where they can brand anybody who dares raise a salient point like a man can't have a period and give birth, so why the hell is he endorsing Tampax? They can say, well, you're only saying that because you're transphobic. When the truth is we're saying it because it's the biological
5: truth. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. Here's the deal,
2: okay, when you really think about where we're going, okay, and what we're thinking here, okay, is you took somebody like Dylan Mulvaney, you put him on a Budweiser can. Remember Budweiser, real men of genius? Well, now apparently it's going to be real them of genius. That's where we are now. And they're not doing it to sell more beer. Bud Light drinkers are vowing never to buy their products again. Travis Tritt just announced he's boycotting their products. A lot of big singers are taking them out of their riders. Because this is absurd, okay? And again, we understand identity politics. We understand how the Democrats wield pretend oppression, okay? But you were already pouring it down our throats before you put it in our beer cans.
4: Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius.
0: Real Them of Genius.
4: Today, we salute you, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Mr.
0: Biological Male, pretending to be a
4: woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site. But you pranced around the house on TikTok, dressed as a six-year-old girl.
0: You're a kid at
4: heart. Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift. But only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. Oh,
8: that stings.
4: So crack open an ice cold bud, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Normally beer comes in a cardboard case. But thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case.
0: Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a
1: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wrapping things up here in New York City. I'm going to be heading out west. We are going to be in Bend, Oregon. Tonight I would to be at the Dexter Lake Club, hanging out with Otis day and the nights with any luck. That would be amazing. And, uh, of course, Tower Theater tomorrow night in Ben Saturday night, we are at the Egyptian Theater in Boise. Mike Baker's going to be there. You know Mike Baker from all the Fox shows, former CIA officer. Uh, he joined us earlier in the program. He did not weigh in on this Dylan Mulvaney chicanery. Uh, but right now, you got millions of beer drinkers saying, Hey, Bud Light, no more. Bud Light's not a good enough beer to get away with us. Like, if this was, like, Miller Light, <laughs> Nothing against Bud Light. I'm mean, out I drinking. It, it's fine. But I'm saying this is a it's a type of gesture that, There's a real tyranny of the minority when it's coming to all of this, when it comes to all of this stuff, in that most people within the company get that, you know, of course, trans people have a right to exist and feel tolerated and safe in society. But it doesn't mean they should become the face of entire brands or even the face of sectors of the brand when the consumer didn't ask for it. That's the problem. Okay. The guy who's drinking beer, as Brian Brenberg said the other night on Gutfeld, beer is not an activist product. It is an inactivist product. Hey, we're going fishing. Let's get a couple of beers. Hey, we're going to sit around and watch the ball game. Let's get a couple of beers. You know, it's not supposed to be what they're turning it into. And it's no different than anything else they're doing. Like the identity politics that they force into like yoga pants. Chris Rock had a great bit about that in the special. I don't care about your yoga pants politics (laughs) because he's talking about how Lululemon has the sign in the window in this store. We don't tolerate hate or bigotry. It's like, yeah, does any store have a sign in the window that says they do? In this store, we tolerate hate and bigotry. We welcome it, in fact. That's not going on. This is the most tolerant time we've ever had. That's why we've reached a point where the demand for racism and oppression now outstrips the supply. Do you remember when CNN wrote an article three weeks, two weeks ago, saying it was digital blackface if you used an emoji that wasn't your own? Imagine going and telling civil rights leaders who fought for the right to eat at the same lunch counter that we were mad about what people were texting each other. They wanted you to believe that was oppression.
7: People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. He is, of course, a sensational male comedian. But that does not also mean he couldn't be modeling women's pants for Nike. It's a wild time to be alive. Joining us now to make sense of it, Diamond, Dave Landau in the house. Hey, girl.
5: Hey, I don't know if I'm modeling them, but I certainly have them on.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, as it turns out, the slogan, just do it. Doesn't apply to going to biology class.
5: So, no. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just do whatever you want all the time. <laughs>
2: it's, it's such a bizarre time to be alive <laughs> because, like, it, there's, I, there's so many angles to come at this from. But the place I want to start is, okay, it all feels so forced. Like, he was on a, the guy was on, like, a, a Bud Light commercial, you know, over the weekend. He's on a Nike thing. Do you know, by the way, Dylan Mulvaney is also endorsing Tampax? Are you serious? Yeah, like, that's not a joke. Like, I, it's, 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 they're actually making it harder on comedians because real life is so funny. It's like, how do you cartoon that? Well,
5: what, but, <laughs> but, well, I, 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 that's, that's not good for your bowels. Look, I don't know what he's going <laughs> to do. It, I was just going to say that doesn't make sense, though. It's also forced because, first of all, let's be honest. He's never drank a Bud Light. That's my problem. If
8: you,
5: if you want to talk about it being forced, you know, it, it's like, why not just have Sam Elliott for Tampax? Then? <laughs> At this point, where it's just, they're super exorbitant for my messier days. Like, there's no reason for that. It's just you're taking somebody and trying to force a, a narrative that I don't think even you understand. Yeah, It just has to be a board meeting of people going, listen uh we all are afraid we have to keep our jobs you know that annoying girl and they're like is that a girl and they're like just they're like first of all you're fired for asking Uh, but but yeah that that girl uh yeah we need to put her in every ad possible and we're like why and they're like well because we don't want to sell anything anymore
2: It's so it's weird. You know, I was talking about this last night with my brother, that's randomly. My brother was, he was a big fan of Diamond Dave Landau. My uh, stuntman, Mike Fala, was at—he uh, came to Hannity last night, and we were talking Hello. about it. Yeah, on the way home from Hannity, we were talking about how, you know, we all know the connotation of, like, a self-hating liberal, per se. You know, the self-hating white person. But there, there's, like, an inner self-saboteur here because they don't see, like, the long-term effect you know, it's like the way they've destroyed liberal cities. I'm like, dude, people are taking a dump on the sidewalk. OK, that's our issue. Right? <laughs> there's nothing yeah. to do with intolerance or equity or prison strategies. They're pooping on the sidewalk. Can we all acknowledge this isn't working?
5: <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, you can't find a mailbox to send in your rent check. Like there's not there's, that's like every single extreme has happened because you've just let it go. And that's the problem with every single city I go to. It's like, oh, this is nice. Is this where there used to be stores? Like, yeah, yeah, those used to be here. <laughs> it was real something. Do
8: you remember it, those? Did people
5: used to live here? I'm like, yeah. Like, I grew up in Detroit, so I'm used to it. I'm yeah. used to going like, oh, I remember when that – well, actually, I don't. I wasn't alive in the 60s. But I'm used <laughs> to seeing the shell of something. But this has to be new and shocking to a lot of people. And uh, frankly, I'm like, yeah, you deserve it. Look at it. Like you had, you were all warned by Detroit, you, you know, and, and you jumped on board and did it yourselves. So you know, it's, in Enjoy this version, it.
2: in this version of a Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge goes to brunch with the Ghost of Christmas Future.
5: Yes, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like, look, we had to get uh, Red Wings from the KGB in Russia to bring our city back on the map. Good luck.
2: <laughs> oh, we're talking to Diamond Dave Landau. Uh, we're, we are in full fledged. Hey, you kids get off my lawn. But uh, it's a it's funny that, you know, when you talk about, you know, businesses like his Bill de Blasio took a revolutionary approach to the economy here. And now we have this chain that's all over the city. It's called Space for Rent. And yes, uh, it's great. They're in every <laughs> every storefront. I mean, it's it's like every, they're like the Pret-a-Manger. They're just on every corner in New York now. You go, wow, have you been to a space for rent yet? Uh, walk another block. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so
5: crazy, you know, and <laughs> Yeah, the everything must go chain is gorgeous.
2: <laughs> so it's, but it's, but you know it's bad when the Statue of Liberty has a going out of business sign on it.
5: You're <laughs> trying to sell it back to the French.
1: And talk. <laughs>
2: Listen, we know you're rioting. Maybe you could use this torch that Lady Liberty's holding. Can burn Come on, something Just the down. torch. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. Um, I I just – it's so bananas. There was a video yesterday um, that we covered on Hannity where Biden bends over at an airport and, like, picks up a coin. And, like, anybody who wants to tell you the economy is fine, okay, the president just picked up change off a runway. Isn't that the moment we're supposed to, like, buy gold and ammo and run for it?
5: Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is, actually, because – First of all, nobody's picked up change in quite a while because of COVID. Let's be honest. Even even homeless people throw it out of their cups. You've seen it happen. They, they're insulted when you give it to them. But the president is now going like, is that, is that a nickel? Uh, you know, I could well, use one of those.
2: Well, the, the one problem, though, and this is where we should give him credit, is he went to high school with the guy who's on the coin. You know, that's like true. Okay. Yeah, that's like, true. George, yeah, that's true. Yo, George, I ain't seen your ass in a while.
5: <laughs> yeah, he did buy his first car with the same uh, same piece of currency. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, Abe, I remember you. There's our guy.
2: Uh, I'm dying, man. But it's such a crazy time. So, like, there's two things in play here. Okay, the the Dylan Mulvaney thing. It's what you just said originally, which is most people are going along with this because they're horrified. They'll get fired. They don't want to get J.K. Rowling. And to be clear... The J.K. Rowling position, if you remember where this whole Harry Potter boycott started, was, hey, there is a biological difference between a man and a woman, and I don't want to pretend otherwise. I tolerate this. I accept this. You can be whatever you want. But please, let's not take this to a place of gender appropriation, to which she was called a homicidal clans person out to kill the entire transgender community. (laughs) Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say she's not the irrational party here.
5: Yeah, I can, I'm going to go ahead and say you're right. And uh, me, I'm not really a fan of Harry Potter. It was, you know, after my time. Uh, but I will say that people have said, you know, like, oh, what, you could be wizards? It's like, okay, now we got to talk about fiction and nonfiction. <laughs> this is a big part yeah, of our society. You, you
2: got a better shot of being a wizard than you do of giving birth as a man. <laughs>
5: exactly, you really do. If you put a curse on someone, there's a chance that it might happen.
2: Yeah, we all, everybody who has one of those old Italian grandmother's knows. they could put like the maloco on you or whatever the hell they call yes. it, and they'll just yes. things start going wrong. <laughs>
5: Oh, yeah. If you've ever walked past, like, a voodoo shop in New Orleans, you're like, okay, I see how this could be real. (laughs) But never once has a man ever been put up in stirrups and the doctor's like, push.
8: (laughs) Push." (laughs) Sorry.
2: Oh, man, it's such an insane time to be alive. So it starts with Nike. Uh, it, it runs right into, uh, you know, this. We, we had Bud Light, we had Nike, there's Tampax, there's a few other products, but the, what's even crazier about this story, and this is the part like no one really speaks to, is Dylan Mulvaney was going to game shows like daytime TV and auditioning like a lunatic as a gay man like two years ago, okay, and was on The Price is Right, hopping around, prancing around. It was basically like a heel on a daytime TV show. Someone who was, like, so over-the-top performative that it would get a big... It was almost like a warm-up comic. You know what I'm saying? It'd get, like, a big reaction from the crowd. And then made the calculation of, you know, if I get on TikTok and just become a woman, like, I'm really going to get clicked. This is someone who wanted to make it into show business and become relevant, and I think has succeeded beyond all believable bounds, because it went from like, hey, I'm kind of a mental case on TikTok, to the White House started inviting influencers to the White House, at which point corporate America was like, oh, I guess this is our thing now, and they've just started throwing, you know, big capital, big capital behind this. And the thing is, again none of us say they don't have the right to exist or go get them. That's not being said. But when you're talking about 0.5% of the population has now become the spokesperson for 50% of humanity in this country, meaning women, like it's a little ridiculous. Like I feel like we're getting to a point, you know, when they like to yell at us about equity, how can 0.5% of the population have 50% of the representation?
5: It it makes no sense. And the part of it too is it's like, we're We're so worried about women's rights, and men are like, "Well, we can make that happen. we'll just become women then I know that way we can still reap all the benefits
2: yeah, I yeah by the way if 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 the patriarchy is so omnipotent and it's ruining everything, yeah, why are so many men becoming women
5: right, it doesn't make any sense." And then we're just, and you're right, this guy, the problem I have with this guy is he's annoying. A girl, whatever the, I. Yeah. you know, that's the thing. Is we even mean- right now when I'm talking to you, I don't even know what to say because the whole thing is, <laughs> like you said, it's it's a costume party for a guy who wants attention. That's the truth. If anybody wants to be honest, yeah, yeah. it's somebody who, he's, like, when I'm pricing, uh, Price is Right, probably plus one somebody because he's a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> and then And then you have, and then you, they just spoon feed everything that he wants. And for one thing, you're not a, you're not the spokesperson for women, and you're not the spokesperson for transgender people. Like nobody had a problem, and I realize drag is different, but yeah. nobody had a problem with RuPaul for thirty years. Yeah. You know, nobody had a problem with. Well, a lot of people had a problem with John Waters and and you know the characters in, yeah. Pling, in yeah. Pink Flamingos, but <laughs> it, it uh, at the same time. It existed like nobody was angry, but they weren't used as sponsorships. Like if you want to give everybody this leg up who just pretends to be something and now you're going to use them as part part of a movement, then it just shows how false the movement is to begin with.
2: Oh, a thousand percent. And you know what? The only other thing I'd add to that is it all comes back to Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner put this movement on the map, transitioned to Caitlyn, put on a dress, went on to the cover of Vanity Fair. Okay. Then got an ESPN Courage Award. We immediately started reconfiguring bathrooms and the rest of the society. And then she said she was a Republican, and they kicked her out like hard. Though, like you know, when someone rushes the stage at a Skid Row concert, <laughs> it's not enough that they tackle you. Like you leave feeling like you did eighteen in life, like you have felt the Oh wrath. no, you
5: <laughs> no, no, you're done. No, that's entirely true. But she, but uh, Caitlyn only did it because let's be honest killed the guy with her car or Bruce did and he was like uh-oh <laughs> i better I better put on <laughs> I better put on the disguise and when the police shut up they're like is Bruce Jenner here and Caitlin's like
8: no <laughs> uh, <laughs> God.
5: listen I, just, I can I tell you something Outfired the whole thing
2: I run into her once in a while and she would laugh at that like she is hilariously oh, okay. funny like hilar. like she would laugh at that you can make fun of her all day and it's probably it's probably half true <laughs> it's probably yes. like, you know what no but it's amazing because it was like Monday they were like Caitlin Caitlyn Jenner's so brave. Tuesday, they were like, Caitlyn Jenner's so so beautiful. Wednesday, they were like, Bruce Jenner's a Republican hate monger. I
5: was like, wait, yes, Bruce? Exactly. Yeah, you're like, wait, so because of her politics, you no longer agree with uh, yep. how she feels as a person? Yep. Yes. She doesn't agree with me on this side. Well, what what are what are your feelings on that? I don't know. I just know I'm supposed to be mad. So, okay. that's, <laughs> that's where I'm mad on this. Right.
2: Uh, really quick, Diamond Dave Landau, you're at the village theater in Canton, Michigan this Saturday night, is that true?
5: Yes, this uh this Saturday I will be there and then next weekend I'll be at the Hartford uh, funny bone there in Connecticut.
2: Ooh, you in the uh insurance capital of the world. That's what goes that's on. That's
5: what uh that's why I go there. I uh I like to <laughs> shake hands and just say Hey, uh, uh, pleasure's on all this side of the table. (laughs) It's going to be fun, man.
2: Uh, Well, you got to let us know when you get back. I'm heading out to the West Coast. I'm going to Bend, Oregon, and then I'll be in Boise and yucking it up on the stage. But we we should race to see which one of us can land a women's product endorsement by the time we talk next.
5: Uh, Maybe it's Dave Aline. You like that? (laughs) Dave (laughs) Aline. That's pretty funny. (laughs) <laughs> you should go for that. I'm, I'm sad that just fell out of my mouth, but now I want to do it. Now, Daybelline has to happen.
2: Like I'm actually not even yeah. going to compete with it. The only the only thing I can tell you is like my uh, I actually do think the odds are my favor because I'm uh, I I would be considered like plus size, like body positive. You know, <laughs> so I was going to say instead of Lizzo, that would make me. Like, But it, that sounds like it has the bad connotation to it, so I'm going to yeah, get out of here. True. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah,
2: that's true. But uh, let's leave it at that. Uh, if you're in the Canton, Michigan area or you're in the Hartford area, you got Diamond Dave in Canton, Michigan this Saturday. You'll see him at the Hartford Funny Bone next weekend. I will see you on the, uh, the cell phones during our travels. All right, pal? Sounds good. Thank see, you, sir. Miss you already, girlfriend. There he goes. Diamond Dave Landau, the best of the best. There we go back after this.
1: A show so good, it's hard to describe.
2: It's not a matter
4: of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know.
1: It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh.
2: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, getting ready to hit the road Tonight. And i got to be honest, I'm fired up to go see the gang, man. We're getting the band back together. We will be in Bend, Oregon. I fly out right after we get off the radio right now. And uh, we'll be hanging at the Tower Theater. The show is sold out, uh, but there is a bar. You can come to the meet and greet. You can come hang out if you're in the area. I'd love to meet you. If you're a fan of this show, my gosh. Uh, and, of course, uh, Saturday night in Boise, Idaho. Mike Baker's going to be there with all of the CIA intel. So we're going to get into some real hijinks after the show. That, of course, is at the Egyptian Theater. And if you can't get a ticket, you can still get in and hang out. But if you bought a ticket, if you're going to the show, like get your camera ready, let's take some selfies, uh, just behave. Okay, the problem I keep running into on the road right now is a lot of passion when we get together. We have, like, a good crowd. Everybody's fun. And, like, you're allowed to buy me a drink, but don't buy me 85 drinks. Like, the last two stops I made, and I brought my son. My kid is 14 and they're still like, ah, you know what you need? You need 85 shots of tequila. That's what you need. We love you, Jimmy. We love the show. So what if we just killed you right here on stage? That's what goes on every time. I can always tell within a minute of getting on stage where this thing is heading.
5: I got a
4: bad feeling about this.
5: <laughs> but hopefully not this weekend.
2: I think it's going to be rowdy. And I think, like, personally, like, I'm so excited. There's a lot to talk about. I got to host Gutfeld this week and Hannity and everything in between. And it's just crazy. We, just, you know, we, we began the week by arresting a president. You know we've middled it with a a guy endorsing women's yoga pants. Uh, <laughs> a guy is endorsing Lululemon despite the fact that he has Lulu's lemons in his pants, if you will. Uh, a wild time to be alive. But if ever there was a moment to get out and celebrate some stand-up comedy, I do think this is it. So if you're in the area, uh, if you cannot make it. And you're not in that part of the country. Do not be dejected. Uh, I'll be back on the East Coast in two weeks. I will be at Bananas Comedy Club in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And then May the 6th, I am at the Santander Performing Arts Center in Reading, Pennsylvania. That is myself and Kennedy. May, May the 20th, Clearwater, Florida, down there with all the Scientologists. It's going to be great, going to get nuts. And then June the 3rd in Davenport, Iowa. June the 10th in Mesa, Arizona. June the 24th. Out in the Liberty Opera House in Kentucky, Hey Girl. And then June the 8th will be at the Holland Civic Center in Holland, Michigan. And June the 29th, check it out, Jenny Phelan's hometown of St. Mary's at the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's. And then one August date, as of now, they're trying to keep me on TV and stop me from eating so much Cracker Barrel on the road. August the 25th, this is just announced, Kennedy and I will be headlining the Green Valley Ranch in Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> Going to be a big one. But it's go time for your radio buddy heading over to the Aeropuerto. If anybody needs me, I'll be slamming Mictors in the lounge, and I'll see everybody on the other side of the country. Until then, be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Dude, just don't be a